Everyone deserves better meetings. So we created the Better Meetings Podcast as a place where meetings and events industry professionals can gather to discuss, analyze, and report on the latest trends, challenges, and news from within the meetings industry. Welcome back to the Better Meetings Podcast. Um, This is not going to be the third episode that I had uh, planned for the Better Meetings Podcast. Um, That episode, which will hopefully be posted eventually and hopefully soon, uh, is a very interesting and informative interview with Paul Van Deventer of MPI. Um, It's also not going to be the fourth to about the twelfth one, which were all done at IMAX America back in September And they discussed a wide range of topics with a really fascinating group of industry suppliers and thought leaders. Um, What this is, is it's going to be a pretty serious uh, topic that I never really expected to talk about or cover, especially in relationship to my job or to the meetings and events industry. But um, sometimes things appear in life and they need to be addressed. And especially when they stretch out for a long enough time that they kind of derail your, your plans and your agenda for moving forward. So, um, wrapped up in this show, this third episode is going to be step one of an apology to a number of people who I sort of ghosted over the past few months while I was struggling with some challenges. Um, The problem with that is it adds to your guilt and that feeds the distress and frustration that you're dealing with. So it keeps pushing you down into a state which is really not like anything I've I've experienced before. But at the same time, I believe in a lot of honesty and transparency in our business and with myself and and the people that I know and and, uh, have a relationship with. So I want to be upfront about things and I I just want to be honest about it because I think that often we hide behind walls and masks and, and don't really let people in to know maybe some of the challenges that, um, each one of us is facing because one of the things that I figured out through this uh, past few months is that everybody has a certain level of uh, mask that they're wearing. And um, if, if we can drop those once in a while and have honest communication, um, it could help all of us because as I realized when I was dealing with things, um, if I am, then there are others and when you start looking at numbers, which I have a couple to, to throw in here in a minute, um, it's really quite, um, quite staggering. The number of people who in a given year may be um, dealing with some sort of anxiety or depression. Um, so there's a lot of fear you hide behind because you don't talk to people about your mental state, how you're feeling. You don't talk about being depressed or anxiety uh, because there's a real stigma to admitting these things that it's a weakness and you need to keep it hidden. What that does is it helps keeps isolating yourself and you spend more time listening to the voices in your head that are dwelling on the failures, the shortcomings, the things you haven't gotten done and minimizing the successes. And so you you pull yourself back inside and and lose that outside perspective, even from the people around you, friends and family. Um, Honestly, we're a business made up of a lot of people who are really hard-driving, go-getter, type A people. And as a part of that, they also can't really admit to those weaknesses or flaws that they might feel um, because 
It opens a crack that somebody might step past you for that next job or event or promotion. So um, let's let's just take MPI, uh, which is a, an organization very near and dear to me, um, and say they have around 16,000 members. Well, one of the fascinating things that came out of this research for me uh, was that about 7.1% of Americans suffer from anxiety or depressive episodes within a year. So what that means in specifics of 16,000 people, that's about 1,200 people within MPI in a given year who may be suffering at one time with depression, anxiety, or other issues that they may never show to anyone else outside. So um, the first thing I want to do before I go any further is... And I will say absolutely upfront because it's a question that was asked of me by a couple people that I did discuss this with and that were a part of helping me begin to kind of claw my way back up to the surface of where I feel is more my normal state of mind and, and uh, state of work. Um, but there, there always needs to be the question of how are you feeling and if anybody is feeling any sort of self-harm or danger or issues or you're worried about someone, there's a National Suicide Prevention Hotline. The number is 1-800-273-8255. Anybody who's struggling can reach out to that number and they've got trained people to try and help you. So keep that in the forefront of your mind that there are answers no matter how challenging things seem. And uh, remember that number is 800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Um, basically, it, it, it's kind of, I'll, I'll give a little bit of my story because this is stretched out really, not just the past few months, but a bit over this year. And as I've talked about freely in the past, I've had some health issues. I was dealing with some back surgeries and such. And one of the fascinating things to me about how this occurred in my life was I actually finished my physical therapy. I was actually at a point where one would say I was getting better and I was back on the road to being healthier physically to be able to do more physical jobs and, and work. And somehow I just went the whole other direction. Um, it's not something that I've ever experienced in that way or at all in the past. And yet I found myself pulling inside. I found myself not reaching out to both contacts within the industry, but certainly friends. I found myself staying inside, not going out, cutting myself off from normal things that I would do, attending concerts or going to a movie or things like that, and sleeping a lot, spending a lot of time just in bed and kind of hiding with the covers over my head from the world. Um, I got out to, uh, to IMAX and I did all these interviews and I felt pretty normal. Um, back to, to myself, I felt like I was making progress. And then when I got home, it, it became this, the strangest sort of wall that I couldn't climb over. And making a podcast for me is second nature. I've done this for many years, and it's really not a challenging process. I, I can do one in a relatively short amount of time and feel very good about the product that I'm putting out. But for some reason, it became just like a mental block, just like a symbol of something that I couldn't get past. So I would 
try and just not be able to make any progress on doing things the way that I wanted to, to my standards. And in turn, then people are contacting me to ask when things will be posted. There are deadlines that I've blown by. There are promises I've made to do other interviews. And all of that began to just snowball into this huge issue that went along with, with everything else. And it, it was challenging some days to simply accomplish one thing, to do an hour at the desk. And I don't really know how that happened, and I don't really know how to describe it to anybody, but um, it just paralyzed me for a while. And the strange thing is I've talked to some people since, and they really, um, most of them had no idea unless I told them. So again, this is what made me think about the idea that there are a lot of people who may be struggling with these sorts of things and not telling you, not admitting it. They've got their walls up. They're doing what they can. They're trying to keep things moving forward in a normal way, but they're struggling inside. And so that's, um, that's why I'm doing this podcast, because again, um, it hit me um, just like I've talked about ADA from having to get around with a cane while dealing with my back issues. This is something that I've personally now been dealing with over the past few months. I spoke with medical doctors. I've gotten prescriptions and used some medications. And quite honestly, I, I feel like a different person even today than I did yesterday and the day before. It's, it, it's not a linear process. It's not a quick process to get back to where your mind wants you to be. But at the same time, um, there is progress. I look back at where I was two months ago and um, I'm, I'm doing better. So that's another part of this message is there are there's hope. There are things to do. You can work through these things. And again, I don't know exactly how anybody else would experience this. I can only speak from my personal um, experiences and, and what I've been doing. But um, yesterday was probably the most productive day of work that I'd had in, uh, in months. And I just started to feel like myself again. And I'm holding on to that feeling today. And seeing how I can continue that for the next day and the next day. And so, I, I again, I looked up a lot of information about this. It may not even squeeze into this particular podcast. But I, I just think we need a conversation about it. Um, there is a help guide that I came up with online that had some interesting uh, tips for dealing with uh, depression. And I'm going to read a little bit of it verbatim here because um, this is... Uh, kind of a good overview. It says depression drains your energy, your hope, and your drive, making it difficult to take the steps that will help you to feel better. Sometimes just thinking about the things you should do to feel better, like exercising or spending time with friends, seems exhausting or impossible to put into action. That is a very accurate description of how I felt some days. The catch-22 of depression recovery um, the things that will help the most are the most difficult to do. And so that's where we get into some of these uh, tips. The first one is uh, reach out and stay connected. 
It says, uh, getting support plays an essential role in overcoming depression. And I can tell you that um, there was a moment back in October when I reached out uh, privately to someone who I respect greatly in the industry and who I consider um, one of my mentors, somebody who, if I could model my career on what they've done, I would feel like I had been an incredible success in the business. And I talked to them privately about what I was dealing with and found out just a lot of information from them. And, and, you know, people will sometimes talk about some of the struggles that they may have had in the past and, and things that they've had to work through. And I can't tell you how much that started to help. Um, it was a, it was just a huge thing. And, and there were a couple of those that happened and right around the same time. And, and, you know, maybe it was the medication kicking in too, but reaching out to that person and reaching out to someone else who I will touch upon in a moment, um, and getting such support and love and friendship and help coming back, um, really gave me something kind of like a, a, a line to hold on to and start pulling myself back up. And, um, so stay connected, reach out to people, look for people who will make you feel safe and cared for, try and spend time, try and go to some of the social activities, even if you don't really feel like it. I've, I've pushed myself into that a few times too, and it usually does help. Find a way to support others. I, I had a, a good friend of mine when I was um, unhappy at a, at a point in my life about some things that were going on. Um, tell me if, if you want to feel better, go down to, you know, the pediatric cancer ward and, and help those kids there. And and his point, which is, is, was well taken was, yes, you've got your problems and yes, I acknowledge them, but there are a lot of people who are struggling. And sometimes that effort of reaching out and supporting other people can actually really lift your spirits and really help you sort of come back to being yourself. So uh, there are different ways to stay connected and um, they have some tips here. I'm going to put a link into the actual posting that goes with this podcast. Um, the uh, This is on a, a website called helpguide.org. Um, so I'm not going to just read the whole thing to you, but uh, tip number two, do things that make you feel good. So um, do things that you enjoy or you used to. For me, that's like going out to a concert or um, I've been taking music lessons uh, because I do like music so much. And and I found that even through kind of the worst weeks, I would still show up for that music lesson. It still got me out of the house and it made me be active enough to do something that I found uh, joy in. Um, try and get enough sleep. There's certainly uh, some sleep deprivation issues that can come alongside this. Um, practice some relaxation techniques. Um, the, the third tip is to get moving. Um, that was something that I've had a big challenge with. I, I was very regularly going to the gym, working on my back uh, post-surgery, and when all of this really hit, it just 
pulled me away from that. And I've had a very hard time getting back to the gym and getting that physical exercise. So even if it's just going for a walk, go out for a walk and, and do something physical for yourself and um, try and get, get the blood pumping and your fatigue will improve because if you stick with this, it does help with fatigue and sleeplessness and it gives you, um, it gives your brain just a good workout to, to be out and doing something physical and, and it will give you a, a mental lift. Um, number four is eat a healthy uh, depression fighting diet. Don't skip meals, minimize sugar and carbs um, boost your B vitamins. And, and that's something I had a big challenge with too. Part of my, the symptoms of me being depressed and unhappy was eating very badly. So you combine that with not working out, it, it's definitely impacted me physically. Um, they suggest number five is to get a daily dose of uh, sunlight, getting outside, taking a walk on your lunch break, um, just having some way to... Uh, um, to get out and, uh, and, and that was my phone ringing, unfortunately, right in the middle of this, but I'm just going to let it go. Um, getting out to, um, get some sunlight will help you. And it also helps if you're dealing with, uh, what they call seasonal affective disorder, because there is, uh, the reduced daylight hours of winter can affect some people negatively. And, um, so getting out and, and, uh, Getting some sunlight, moving around, getting that exercise, eating properly are all things that will help your mental state. Um, number six is uh, challenge the negative thinking. Um, don't do all or nothing. Don't look at black and white. Um, don't overgeneralize. Um, don't label things. Just um, just go look at things the way they are and, and, uh, don't be overwhelmed by them because you can sort of spiral yourself in. Um, and I know I, I did a measure of that by being frustrated that I hadn't done one thing. It would stretch on and on and on. And then it becomes a huge thing rather than having dealt with it three weeks previously when I really needed to step up and do it, but I just wasn't able to. Um, and then the last thing is get professional help. And, and as I said, I've been seeing my medical doctor, um, and talking to him about it and, uh, worked on some medications and dosage. And I do believe that that has helped get me back to a place where I'm much closer to what feels like where I should be. So, um, uh, again, I just, I needed to put this out on the table for some reason. It, it feels like a conversation that we don't have. Um, one of the, um, one of the other people involved in this conversation is a, a singer who I particularly like, a gentleman named Frank Turner. And I mentioned, uh, talking to someone else offline and I've talked to some other friends and, and people, um, but I've been a fan of his music for a long time. I've actually communicated with him via email a few times because um, he's quite uh, quite friendly and, and loves um, talking to folks and is very interested in the people who listen to his music. And I hadn't talked to him in many years, um, some of it being related to what I was dealing with this year. And I wrote him a, a letter. We got in touch. He was coming on tour. 
And um, I thanked him for a number of things, including the music lessons that I'm taking, which he had a partial inspiration behind. And just to show you what a difference one person can make, I I was already feeling um, improvement, like, again, from talking to industry friends and personal friends. Uh, I went to his show in L.A., um, and when he came off the bus after the show to to greet people and and hang out, came over, gave me a big bear hug, and, and said, how are you doing? And... It wasn't a how are you doing that was a perfunctory greeting. It was somebody who had known me for 10 years, you know, at least by email, and cared. And that caring really meant a lot. Um, we talked for a few minutes. We caught up a little bit. We talked about music. He he said, stay in touch. Let me know how you're doing. And And I honestly believe that he meant that. And that gave a tremendous lift. Uh, just having having a person who has that many obligations and and that many people who want a piece of him, be willing to to say, you you matter, you're important, and I care what happens to you. And so it's a huge appreciation to him. Um, but it doesn't diminish the fact of the other friends and other people who have all counseled me and helped me and stepped up and and just said, you'll get through this and you'll be okay. And so if you see anyone that you know who is struggling like this, talk to them, tell them they're going to be okay and help them in, in however they want to be helped. It's hard. And sometimes they may not be willing to admit it and it may take time. But um, be there for each other because we're all in this business together and at any one time of a, there's going to be some of us who have things that no one else can imagine going on in their lives and behind the scenes. And we need to lift each other up. We need to help each other and we need to be there for each other. So I'm going to give that phone number again, um, just because it is important. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. And reach out on that number if you or anyone you know is in serious difficulty. Know that that resource is there, but also just help each other and be there for each other. And to the people that I feel maybe I've let down over the past few months, again, this is a bit of an apology, and I will make more of those in more of a personal fashion. But um, realize that we've all... um, We've all got our challenges and we're all finding our way through things and we can be kinder to each other and more helpful to each other and make, uh, make our industry and our world a better place. So for the Better Meetings podcast, um, this is John Trask and uh, that's going to be all for today. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate anybody who listens and uh, I would love to hear your feedback, comments, or any other information that you'd like to send. Um, write to me through the, uh, the email address on the website and I look forward to uh, talking with you. You've been listening to the Better Meetings podcast, a strategic meeting tech production and your source for up-to-the-minute meeting industry news, trends, and discussions. 
Our theme music is courtesy of Otis McDonald and licensed under Creative Commons. For comments, suggestions, or topic ideas, please visit strategicmeetingtech.com or email us directly at john at strategicmeetingtech.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.